0: fourth day of August. I am Denise and welcome to PsalmsCast. It's a great day for rejoicing, especially this day as 28 years ago in the wee hours of a Wednesday morning, like today, we beheld the miracle of birth as we welcomed our second son, Timothy. How the years have flown by and we marvel at all the Lord has accomplished in his life thus far. It is also an honor to be here today with those the Holy Spirit has gathered into this digital niche. Each time we purposefully seek God through His living Word, we are entering into His presence. And when we seek Him with all of our being, He does not disappoint. He will be found by us. So yes, come on a journey into the Psalms today. Taste and see that the Lord is good Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. We're reading from the New King James Version this week as we explore Psalm 4, Psalm 34, Psalm 64, Psalm 94, and Psalm 124. This month in the going deeper part of God's Word that's tucked at the very end of the podcast, we're exploring the Gospel of Luke. Today we are in chapter 2, and there we will be talking In considering the most important birth of all time. But first, as we do every day, let's pause and ask the Lord to be the focus and to be our guide. Father in heaven, we come humbly here into this moment in time seeking you, desiring to know you in a deeper and more intimate way. We want to experience your mercy and your grace in real time today, Lord, because we are desperate. We are desperate for you. We are desperate for more than this world has offered us. So we are opening our hearts and our minds to you, and we're asking that you would transform our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit through your living words. Lead, guide, and illuminate as we journey today. Psalm 4 The Safety of the Faithful, a Psalm of David. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. How long, O you sons of men, will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love worthlessness and seek falsehood? But know that the Lord has set apart for himself him who is godly. The Lord will hear when I call to him. Be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. There are many who say, Who will show us any good? Lord, lift up the light of your countenance upon us. You have put gladness in my heart more than in the season that their grain and wine increased. I will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Psalm 34 The Happiness of Those Who Trust in God A psalm of David, when he pretended madness before Abimelech, who drove him away, and he departed. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears, and delivers them out of all their troubles, the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He guards all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants. And none of those who trust in Him shall be condemned. Psalm 64 Oppressed by the wicked but rejoicing in the Lord A Psalm of David Hear my voice, O God, in my meditation. Preserve my life from fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret plots of the wicked. From the rebellion of the workers of iniquity, who sharpen their tongue like a sword, and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, bitter words, that they may shoot in secret at the blameless. Suddenly they shoot at him and do not fear. They encourage themselves in an evil matter. They talk of laying snares secretly. They say, who will see them? They devise iniquities. We have perfected a shrewd scheme. Both the inward thought and the heart of man are deep. But God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly they shall be wounded. So he will make them stumble over their own tongue. All who see them shall flee away. All men shall fear and shall declare the work of God. For they shall wisely consider his doing. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord and trust in Him, and all the upright in heart shall glory. Psalm 94 God the Refuge of the Righteous O Lord God, to whom vengeance belongs, O God, to whom vengeance belongs, shine forth. Rise up, O Judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked triumph? They utter speech and speak insolent things. All the workers of iniquity boast in themselves. They break in pieces your people, O Lord, and afflict your heritage. They slay the widows and the stranger and murder the fatherless. Yet they say, the Lord does not see, nor does the God of Jacob understand. Understand, you senseless among the people, and you fools, when will you be wise? He who planted the ear, shall he not hear? He who formed the eye, shall he not see? He who instructed the nations, shall he not correct? He who teaches man knowledge? The Lord knows the thoughts of man, that they are futile. Blessed is the man whom you instruct. O Lord, and teach out of your law that you may give him rest from the days of adversity until a pit is dug for the wicked. For the Lord will not cast off his people, nor will he forsake his inheritance. But judgment will return to righteousness, and all the upright in heart will follow it. Who will rise up for me against the evildoers Who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Unless the Lord had been my help, my soul would soon have settled in silence. If I say, my foot slips, your mercy, O Lord, will hold me up. In the multitude of my anxieties within me, your comforts delight my soul. Shall the throne of iniquity which devises evil by law, have fellowship with you. They gather together against the life of the righteous and condemn innocent blood. But the Lord has been my defense and my God the rock of my refuge. He has brought on them their own iniquity and shall cut them off in their own wickedness. The Lord our God shall cut them off. And our final psalm for today is Psalm 124. The Lord, the defense of His people. A song of ascents of David. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us alive when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters would have overwhelmed us, the stream would have gone over our soul. Then those swollen waters would have gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. Our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Yesterday we touched on the concept that words matter. The words that we allow into our ears and that we take into our being as well as the words and the sounds that are uttered from our mouth. The words in each and every chapter of the Bible matter as well. Sometimes in our reading, there will be an aha moment of, wow, this really helps right now. And other times, we struggle to grasp the meaning of what we just have read, which ties in totally to the discussion of Bible types. This week, our source document of the Bible is the New King James Version, which is considered a word-for-word translation or a literal version. We discussed that on Monday. On Tuesday, we touched on the thought-for-thought translation. The translator evaluates a series of words in the original language that comprise a thought and then expresses that thought in the target language, in this case, English. It's easier to read this kind of translation than the typical word-for-word translation. And today, we discuss the final type, paraphrased Bibles. A paraphrase translation of the Bible seeks to make the Bible more understandable to the reader. To paraphrase, dictionary definition means a restatement of a text or a passage given the meaning in another form as for clearness. It's basically a rewording. A paraphrase often uses a lot more words in an effort to more fully describe the meaning of the words coming from the original language. This helps readers to easily perceive additional shades of meaning they might otherwise struggle to see in a standard translation. A good comparison can be made by comparing a passage that we used from today's reading. It's Psalm 34, verses 8 and 9. In the word for word translation of the New King James Version, it reads Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you, his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. Now we're going to read that exact same set of verses, but in the paraphrase translation of the Living Bible. Oh, put God to the test and see how kind He is. See for yourself the way His mercies shower down on all who trust in Him. If you belong to the Lord, reverence Him, for everyone who does this has everything he needs. Paraphrased Bibles such as the Living Bible and the Message Bible also can be useful. Their goal is to make the Bible even easier to read in modern language. However, we should be very cautious in working with these kind of translations. Often, the authors exercise considerable poetic license in interpreting biblical terms and passages. Paraphrase versions can be consulted to better grasp the story flow. I like to use this type of translation for passages in the Old Testament, like the books of Isaiah or the Kings or Chronicles, in order to gain a better understanding of the story and the characters. So, that leads to the question, which Bible is best? And there are so many blog posts about that subject that I don't even want to go there. And my advice would be to ask the Lord to guide you. My personal first exposure to God's word was an old King James version that had a lot of antiquated these and thous in the text. I was 15 or 16 years old. And it was in the reading of the Psalms that the Lord drew me into his loving eternal embrace. Did it matter that the language was awkward? No, honestly, it did not. Because if a person is dying of thirst, they will lick the dew off of leaves or even blades of grass in order to survive. And when I became a couple years older, I decided to invest myself in learning more about Jesus. And I found a Bible that had what was then a unique design. It was a single column, and for my dyslexic brain, that was much easier for me to read. I didn't get as distracted by two columns. That Bible was, in 1978, considered a paraphrase. It was the newly introduced New International Version. It was through spending time in that Bible That the Holy Spirit grounded me in faith and that I learned that God's word is trustworthy. Remember, God's word matters. And there's proof in the pudding. God's word says it. So let's just go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. In the word for word translation of the New King James Version, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That same verse in the paraphrase translation of the Living Bible, For whatever God says to us is full of living power. It is sharper than the sharpest dagger, cutting swift and deep into our innermost thoughts and desires with all their parts, exposing us for what we really are. Father, we thank you again for this gift that you have given us, this compass that points us back to you no matter what fog we are in, no matter what it is that we can't see past or around. This guides us on this pathway of righteousness, and we thank you for it and invite you to plant your word deep into our lives, transforming us, changing us irreversibly. This is what we want, irreversible change that guides us forward, not around the same track again, not on the ruts of our life that we keep repeating, but into a new place because We have been made new. We thank you for this, God. And we invite you fully in Jesus' name. Amen. Now for those who do want to dive deeper into God's word, hang in here for just a few more minutes as we wrap up this part. This month's focus is the Gospel of Luke, and today we are diving into chapter 2. If you desire to connect with us at PsalmsCast, to share your thoughts, to ask questions, to ask us to pray for you, or to request a Bible, our email address is psalmscast at gmail.com. If you prefer to call or text, the number in the United States is 470-240-1509. For those outside the United States, we recommend using WhatsApp, and that number is 1470 2401509. You can also make a connection through social media. Psalmscast is on Facebook, Twitter and mewe. And that is it for today. I am Denise. I love you and I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Going deeper into the Word of God begins in 5 seconds. Going deeper into the Word of God, Luke chapter 2. So yesterday, the question was, who is Luke? And we investigated that a bit. And then I was going to spend some time looking up who Theophilus was. He was a man, but nobody really seems to nail exactly who he was. There are people that say that he probably lived in Antioch and that he was a man of stature. So, because of the way that Luke addressed him as most excellent Theophilus, there is one source that actually says that this might have been the lawyer for Paul when he, had to, when he was being tried in Rome. And there seems to be some truth to that, because here is Luke trying to give an orderly account of who Jesus is where he came from, what this means, and what the Christian church was. Because in Rome, they considered Caesar to be their god. And so, anything that did not worship Caesar was against Caesar. So, the truth of the matter is, I have no idea who Theophilus was, but I am so glad that Luke took the time and the effort to put together this account of who Jesus was and the many amazing things that He did during His earthly journey and paying the price by going to the cross willingly so that we would have an opportunity to be saved and that our sins could be taken away from us and that we can come to the Father. In spirit and in truth, yesterday we were introduced to Mary, who, even though she was being told, she was a young teenager, and she was told some amazing information that she was going to be impregnated, not by a man, but by the Spirit of God, and that she was going to give birth to the Messiah. And she didn't fight it and say, no, not me. She just says, let it be. And she rejoices when she meets Elizabeth and she sings a song that we would be the same if the Lord spoke to us and asked us to walk in faith. So as I'm reading this chapter, allow God's words to wash over you and to wash through you. Trust the Holy Spirit for Him to bring understanding and to teach you what He wants you to know today as He plants these words words deep inside you. Remember the purpose of this section is for you to learn from the Holy Spirit how to apply God's truth in your life. Luke chapter 2 Christ born of Mary And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census took place That while they were there, the days were complete for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Glory in the highest. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe And see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Circumcision of Jesus And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Jesus presented in the temple. Now when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Simeon sees God's salvation. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Now it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. and the glory of your people Israel and Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts will. Will be revealed. Anna bears witness to the Redeemer. Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about eighty-four years, who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings in prayers night and day and coming in at that instant she gave thanks to the lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in jerusalem the family returns to nazareth so when they had performed all things according to the law of the lord they returned to galilee to their own city nazareth and the child grew and became strong in spirit filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. The boy Jesus amazes the scholars. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover, and when he was twelve years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now so it was that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Jesus advances in wisdom and favor. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature in the favor of God and men. Many times at Christmas, we hear parts of this chapter about how Jesus came into the world and he was born in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes and that the shepherds came to visit him. But then do we just forget about it for the rest of the 364 days? I don't know. Some years I would say, yes, I did. But it's so much more than that. As we are reading through this chapter, we've met two People who are watching for the Messiah, even though hundreds of years had gone past and there had been no sign of the Messiah, but Simeon and Anna were watching for the Lord's Messiah to be born. And they recognized it because they were watching for it. So what can we take away from this today? Are you watching in Looking expectantly, staying close to God in His Word, looking expectantly for Jesus' soon return. It could be today. And who do you know that has not made the decision for Christ yet? Take the time today, if the Lord permits, to share God's truth with them, to introduce them to Jesus and especially to continue to pray. Don't ever give up. Anna didn't give up, and neither did Simeon. They were looking. They were watching. They were praying. And may we be doing the same.